Hey, 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 yes, you are in the right place. This is a Yup podcast, but just a quick shout out to Norway. Hey, you are putting the Yup podcast on the map. Yes, Yup, I got you. It's trending in Norway. Hey, Norway, thank you. You other countries listening out there, hey, put me on the map. Hey, and then a quick shout out for my brother, Mike Baldwin, who has a new endeavor. That is IceCreamGraphics.com, where you find totally original cool graphics. They are dead on for what you want. So go visit Mike Baldwin at icecreamgraphics.com. So I, and then the word scream, then graphics, then .com. You know how to find it. Yes, I screwed it up before, but this is a new and better day. Oh, brother, where art thou? Welcome. This is the Yup Podcast, and I am Tom Baldwin. Welcome, all you yuppers and all you uh, newbies joining us. The podcast is growing by leaps and bounds, and so I so appreciate all you out there. <coughs> the podcast. No, no, right there. Cough while you're doing a podcast. I just got so excited. And who knows? There may be a hairball in the closet. I doubt it, but it's a lame excuse. But hey, if you're new, welcome. I so appreciate you. This podcast is all about giving you the tools, tips, and tricks from a life of mistakes from me and a life of successes and a life of a lot of experience, I want you to benefit from all that and give you a better starting point or help you get over a hump. This podcast is all about giving you the tools in all kinds of areas from nutrition to like COVID to relationships to sexuality to whatever to work life, giving you what you need to succeed. And so, yeah, uh, you are my tribe because we share a similar heart and that is that we want to improve, we want to drop baggage and we want to be lighter and we want to encourage others. So the intro there, one of my favorite movies, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Well, <laughs> I was asking myself that question probably about a month ago as I was talking to my brother, which I hadn't seen in 30 years. It's crazy saw him, he came out and visited me in Montana here the year after Adrian and I, my wife, were married and uh, haven't seen him face to face since then. And we've been married this year will be, oh, uh, 32 years. So crazy, crazy. So my mom had taken a fall and I think I shared that in a previous podcast when I was kind of whining about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Man, sometimes I can be a whiner. Anyway, um, she had fallen and broken her hip, and so me and my brother were in contact more than we had been in quite a while. And you have to know there was never any animosity between my brother and I. It was just neglect. And we lived far apart. When our parents divorced, we moved quite a different a distance away. And so, you know, it was never really easy to connect, but it, never, it was never that hard to connect, and I'm not sure why. But part of this is that my brother and I wanted to go see my mom and she had concerns about COVID, which I think I had talked about in a previous podcast. So Mike ended up being able to go and I ended up not being able to go. And so out of that transpired that I'm like, hey, why don't I just come see you in Florida? And he's like, really? And so I planned a trip at the end of March. And so I was down in Tampa, Florida for seven days with my brother. And let me just tell you, some of you had have heard the events that led up to that. And you know how that tape in our head can play. 
And, you know, like in regards to my brother, one of the tapes that my head, why are you going to go see him after 30 years? You don't know how much he's changed. I mean, he could be some creepy dude. And I'm, you know, on the similar side, he's thinking the same thing. Hey, I haven't seen my brother in 30 years and he's going to come stay with me. And so there's all these thoughts and those tapes that can play in our head. And we start playing the what if game. And the what if game is just a killer game. It will just destroy your mind and it will produce stress in your body that will just make you sick. And so the way that I got over that and I shared, I believe I shared that with you guys. I just made an instant decision. I'm just like, I'm going to go. And as soon as I said that, I went and booked the ticket and I paid my money and then I had to worry how to figure all the rest of that out. And so then can the concerns, but you know what happens when you make that hard decision, when you know what the right decision is, and when you make that hard decision, then it gives your mind a place to go. Well, what if this? Well, I already bought the tickets. So it's already decided there is so much good that happens after you already make that decision. So you're just like, hey, Tom, we want to hear about your trip and we want to hear about your brother. So, yes, when uh, Mike picked me up at the airport and from the airport to his place, we literally talked nonstop, got into his apartment. He lives in this super cool modern apartment. I mean, I'd like a staircase with these like concrete steps with a glass handrail like screen thing to a balcony bedroom. I'll eventually get some video up of, of his place. If, if he's okay with that, we have to ask Mike first. But just super cool place. So we get in his place and we're just talking and talking and talking. And I think it's around 10 or 11. And I'm like, man, I'm hungry. And so we eat dinner like at about 1130. And we're just talking and talking. Can I just tell you the whole time I was there, just had such a blast. And we went, and for me, and I think for Mike too, it was such a healing time because what we did is we talked about events in childhood. And I realized that me being two years older than my brother, there's a lot of things that I remember that Mike didn't remember. But with him and I just talking about events, talking about how we were raised. And let me just give you one example. Like I've always felt like my dad was a great disciplinarian and that, you know, we got spanked appropriately and we got disciplined appropriately. Well, it's interesting from my brother's perspective, he felt like dad was often too harsh and, and too extreme. And as we talked about that, we really came to a healthy understanding that, yeah, it was some of both that dad would get angry. And, you know, you look at me now, I'm a fairly big guy. I've lifted weights and I've always been a fairly big kid. Cause like when Mike and I were kids, I wore the Huskies, huh? Shame. Wore the fat kid jeans. <laughs> And Mike wore the extra, extra slim. I always joked with my brother that he had to run around in the shower to get wet because he was so skinny. And so from Mike's perspective, dad would spank us with the same. Oh, I said that word. Some of you are like, <laughs> there's a vacuum and you just sucked all the papers like stuck to the front of your face because you did. it. Yes, we were spanked and disciplined in that fashion. And yes, I feel like it is a fairly effective form of discipline because it's very quick and it clears the conscious very quickly. I feel like grounding and shaming does way more emotional harm than a quick spanking. Now, from my brother's perspective, and I have to agree, he was quite a smaller kid than me and dad used the same force on him and I don't at all think that was appropriate. And, you know, there were seasons where I think dad was a little angry and he may, because my brother, hey Mike, I know you're listening out there, so... He was often the instigator. And I, I don't know if you would agree with that. Probably mostly. I mean, I was always involved because we're brothers. You know, we're the best and the worst of friends. But 
for Mike. It was way too harsh. And so we worked through that. And I think it was good for me to understand where Mike was coming from because I always viewed dad as some, oh, you know, he's an icon of uh, this idol of disciplinarian. No, he was human. And he made mistakes and he made mistakes on my brother that hurt him in a way that wasn't healthy. And I want to learn from that. And so from there, I mean, we shared a lot of fun memories too about riding our bikes and doing different things. But one of the things that Mike was sad about is that he never got to have like one of those deep, intense conversations with my dad where, you know, the parent. And so if you're a parent out there, this pay attention right now. This is so important. Pay attention. Dad never sat Mike down or had that conversation on the phone. And he had it with me about Mike. And Mike and I had this conversation about how proud he was of Mike and how glad he was his son and how he just believes in him and know he does the things that he can accomplish and so proud of the things that he's always accomplished. And Mike was just yearning for that and yearning that Dad had left something special just for him. Now, Dad, to his credit, he wasn't expecting to go. He was 78 years old, and I don't believe for a minute. Now, was he ready to go? He absolutely was ready to go. Okay, there's something. Maybe some of you, you're just like, oh, totally not. Maybe we'll do a podcast on what it means to be ready to go. I always refer you to my Sanguine podcast because you know I'm a man of faith, and that's not necessarily what this podcast is about. But if you're interested in that spiritual side, that other dimension, you know, when you walk into a room and your skin crawls, we're talking that kind of stuff. Or you see a bright light in a dream, we're talking about that stuff. And the Sanguine podcast addresses all kinds of things like that, although... I maybe didn't talk about it. Well, I, I am all over the place on that podcast. And it's a great intro if you're just interested in spirituality and you just you don't know anything. Boy, you can pretty much jump in any place. But so dad wasn't preparing necessarily to leave, although he was ready to go. And when he passed, many of you listen to the podcast of when dad passed. Hard, hard podcast for me. And it's getting easier. You know, we're approaching nine months. I can't believe it's nine months since dad passed. I still often want to just pick up the phone and call him, but I got to tell you, like this rekindling of this relationship with my brother, not that I ever want to replace dad, but it, it has satisfied that that missing of dad because my brother is, and, and maybe it's, maybe we both are, but I just see so much of dad reflected in him and his wisdom and his character and his adventure. I mean, we it was just fun hanging out with him and, and doing little adventures, and we did, well... Let me, let me get back. Just finish up with where I was going. Squirrel, squirrel. Fight for the focus, Tom. Fight for the focus. Focus. What was I talking about? <laughs> no, I know what I was talking about. Dad didn't necessarily leave anything aside specifically for like Mike or my stepsister, Kelly or Kristen or myself or even his wife. Although... I'll tell you, what was really cool is that dad took a life insurance policy out when his last one expired, which made a way for my stepmom, Kathy, to be provided for, which I'm so grateful. And if you're out there, be wise like that and take care of your family. Anyway, dad didn't do that. And and Mike kind of had an uh, empty spot, you know. And for me, it was realizing that I had 
a lot of really good time with dad. And so I knew exactly how I felt. And I actually even knew how dad felt about Mike. And so I was able to convey that to him. And I think that was helpful to Mike just to kind of understand more how dad was because you know, as my relationship with Mike was distant, Dad's wasn't as distant, but it was pretty close. It wasn't, it wasn't that active, which that's on him. And I'm now doing something about my part about this. And then Mike, if you're listening, I haven't forgot. You need to come out this summer. And Daniel reminded me, he's like, your brother's coming out this summer because we haven't met him and he needs to bring Alec. So all you out there that are listening, just send vibes Mike's way and say, Mike, you need to go to Montana and visit your family in Montana because we will have a great time and my kids are dying to meet you, brother. So come. You guys, everybody out there all at once shout, Mike, come to Montana. Come to Montana. (laughs) So parents, hey, if you've got anything from this podcast or you're going to become a parent or you have significant people in your life don't wait. Tell them. Walk out of wherever you're at. If you're in the bathroom and you're taking a dump by listening to this podcast, which I'm sure a lot of people do, or you're driving your car and you get home and you walk into a house, you know what? Don't wait to say those important things. Say them often. Tell your kids you're proud of them. Tell your kids they're good looking. Tell your wife she's beautiful. Tell your wife that you just you chase her around the house like you're a teenager to show her that she's still beautiful and she's still important in your life. It is so important that the people around you know that because you never know when the time's going to end. And I'll tell you, I've had a challenge probably in the last three months. I've had some issues with my mom. I've also had some issues with some friends that have caused me angst and it caused me inner turmoil. And the decision that I made is life is too short. We can disagree and still be friends. So even... You say the important things, but if there's a riff in your life or there's some separating you, I tell you it's not that important. It really isn't that important. The friendship is more important. The relationship is more important. You can be the greater person by being the less person, by being humble and not having to be right. Even though you think you're right, you could just apologize even though you don't think you were in the wrong. That makes you, does anybody realize when you take that position? And it's a hard position because our world and our culture and everything around us doesn't tell us to do that. But by taking the lower position, it means that you have enough self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth not to prove to everybody around you that you're right and that you even in yourself can be perceived as being wrong and being in the wrong and having to listen how you're wrong. But you've done it to preserve the relationship because the relationship is of more value. And you're saying, well, I don't want a relationship like that. Sometimes that's true and sometimes you make that decision. But I'll tell you, sometimes you have older people in your life. And although I hate to say this, some people just aren't going to change. But they have some real value and some real input. And so you got to put up with some stuff that maybe makes you uncomfortable, makes you squirm, makes you feel like it's like, well, they kind of treat me like crap and they never apologize. (sighs) Well, I just encourage you to go back into the closet and go find that self-esteem, that self-worth that you're not depending on those around you to feed you because you are so vulnerable. If you need affirmations from other people, you are easily, for me, if I know you're that kind of person, and, and this is Tom's dark side, this is when he was a manipulator, a controller, I can destroy you with words. You're so easy. You're pathetic. You're weak. 
I can destroy you because you have no stamina, you have no rush, you blow over just with a little puff of you pussy, you weak little pussy, and you're just like, uh because you have no self-esteem, self-worth. You gotta find that. Because if you want deep, long-lasting relationships, you gotta have some roots, you gotta have some stamina, you gotta have some depth to you that you just don't run off crying when someone blows huffs and puffs and man, they wreck your house. And so, we want strong people out there. Yuppers are strong people. Wow, Tom, all right, get on these little rants. Well. The other part of this is it was good. As I talked to Mike about dad, Mike talked to me about mom. And mom is still here. And mom is old. And mom is German. And mom is pretty stubborn. And she kind of has her ways. And when she gets in a funk, or she can just she can be difficult to deal with. And so it's really good to hear the stories of mom. And then my stepdad, John, which my mom remarried of how they played in mom's life and how mom would talk about me because I don't hear this. What I heard dad say about Mike, Mike hears mom say about me and how longing for a relationship with me and wondering what's going on in my life as I'm disconnected for this or that reason. And so just an incredibly restorative process. And then us just talking about how we desire our relationship. And I got to meet his son, Alec. Hey, Alec, if you're listening, you're such a dang cool kid. I know. Yeah, you are. And your mom, Debbie, I don't know if Debbie will ever listen, but Debbie, you, it was so good to meet you as one of the highlights of my trip to meet you. You are an incredible woman. And Alec, you are an incredible young man. I so want my kids to meet you. But, uh, We got to hang out with Alec and just seeing what kind of father my brother is and how he has raised this young man, Alec, and still remains, uh, has this wonderful relationship with Alec's mom. He was never married to Debbie, but they were in a committed relationship. He has just navigated. I got to tell you, as I was there, he lives his life quite differently than I live my life. But I got to tell you how successful and his relationships and his work and how much like uh, prestige he has at his work. It's just, I just have to tell you, if you have strained relationships or neglected relationships, stop it, stop it, stop it. Because I can't tell you the treasure that began to come my way after I took the step to begin to restore and rebuild this relationship with my brother. And I'll tell you, it felt like we just took where we left off like 30 years ago. And in seven days, it was like we built just this tremendous relationship and I'm not going to let it go. And I'm going to continue to build that. So, oh brother, there you are. Who is it out there? What is your, oh, where are you? And now you need to take that step. There you are. I just encourage you. I think as I'm talking right now and I'm asking that question, bam, there's a name there. Okay, one, don't explain it away. Write it down. Okay, it's there. Now, what are you going to do to cure that? Don't rationalize that name away. I believe when names and words pop in your head like that, they're there and they came fast because they needed to come deep from within and they skirted all your rational thought to hit your consciousness. So don't let that rational thought catch up to that. Write it down because to me, that's a prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic gem. And that is full of potential hope and growth and restoration. So you need to move with that. So don't, don't, 
don't rationalize that name away. So, hey, brother, you're out there. I so appreciate you. I just can't tell you what a great time I had. And, uh, yep, I'm certainly glad we didn't go to that nudist colony. The more I'm thinking about it, that wouldn't have been. Yeah, don't need to see any more raisins. <laughs> hey, all you yuppers out there, I so appreciate you. Hey, go restore a relationship. Go rebuild something that's broken. Go rebuild something that's neglected. Help someone else do that. Use your strength. So, hey, uh, yep, go out there and make a difference. Why? Because I got you. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.